it's wonderful how how the American people display their sportsmanship. Welcome to the Often Daunted Podcast with me, your host, Burke White. I'm sitting here recording on a Sunday evening following a relatively uh, idle week in Hoosier News. Uh, we did see Mackenzie Mbako visit. We did see him move on and also plan his scheduled visit with uh, Louisville, I believe. I uh, hate to see him leave without that commitment, but hey, that might be the, just the nature of this one's commitment. So we can't judge anything. We'll get into that a little later. Just wanted to say, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, let's get into this week with a uh, bit of news from around the country. All right. How can we not start with the top news in the country? That would be Bronny James to USC. Sorry, Ohio State. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. You didn't get the entire circus that comes with Bronny's commitment. Um, you hate to see it. Honestly, if you're a Buckeye fan, do you hate to see it? Do you want that? Bronny James has absolutely shot up the player rankings this his final season of high school ball. And then I just saw a headline on ESPN that the title was How Bronny James Has Skyrocketed. It was something like How Bronny James Has Skyrocketed to a Top 20 Recruit. And all I could think was I'm fairly certain headlines like this are exactly why LeBron LeBronny James is a top 20 recruit. I mean, uh, you have to believe if LeBron James gave birth to anything resembling, uh, never mind, I can't even compare a top one recruit to LeBron James because he's a generational talent. Never mind, that argument's dumb. The whole way I feel about it is uh, if LeBron James had given birth to anything resembling him, ESPN would have a lot more clip to show they're looking for any reason to get this kid on because he gets numbies he gets numbies but uh I just feel like the way that LeBron just permeates the way that the James brand permeates everything on ESPN you would think if they had more highlights to show they would be showing them um they do show plenty but I mean again how much ball can this kid be playing I imagine he's playing every weekend I imagine there should be a lot more tape out there but hey congrats to the kid um, taking his uh, game to L.A., not going far, <laughs> going up the road. Uh, and the LeBron James, the James family, they're just quarantining themselves to Los Angeles. And if I was a Buckeye fan, I would I would exhale, honestly. While, while that is a big name, a lot of eyes on your program. And, like, <laughs> yeah, that's a huge commitment. There's just so much that goes in with that. And if it goes bad, it could go very bad. All eyes are going to be on USC for sure next season, and they better perform. What college basketball show would I be right now without bringing up Hunter Dickinson? Hunter Dickinson to Kansas, everybody. Pour one out because the Big Ten has truly lost a top-tier villain. And and when I say he's just top-tier, I mean this guy either has the least or the most self-awareness in the history of the Big Ten, if you ask me. Each bonehead move, the mask, I mean, just... Yeah, just a, everything that comes with a lot of Hunter Dickinson um, got him talked about. And he was a top transfer in the country because it got him talked about. He got eyes on himself, and he has game. He has game that uh, those eyes were just lining up to sign. I was I was listening to the podcast in which he made the announcement about the announcement with Marty Mush on uh, Barstool Roundball. 
And they genuinely, the three of them, in whatever vacuum they must have found themselves, said that this is the biggest basketball decision since LeBron's decision and that it's being treated as such. And comparing LeBron James' decision to move to uh, Miami to Hunter Dickinson's decision to head to Kansas <clears throat> might be basketball blasphemy on the high res- highest regard. And and the more I thought about that, that uh, comparison... I thought if they genuinely thought that, if they genuinely thought that in this uh, that episode of that podcast was an announcement about his upcoming announcement via the video that he released, um, you thought there might have been a little more gusto behind it, like, uh, I mean, a Barstool production team behind it. Oh my God, if you made that comparison, if you made the decision comparison, I mean, then uh, just uh, put on the red plaid shirt that LeBron had, white undershirt, uh, rock it in front of the uh, Boys and Girls Club. Or, yeah, yeah, there's just so much you could have done with it. And the, yeah, the whole episode was is just so weird because you see him just processing, dealing with all these offers. And it must be a lot for a guy to process. This is uncharted territory because nobody's been having these NIL offers in the history, I mean, over the table. But nobody's been having them out loud. And uh, I imagine that's a lot. But just the coy manner in which it's spoken. And, I mean, it's a podcast. Podcast. <laughs> I, it, it, it's just, it seemed just like a podcast of, like, the one that you like to know crowd. Like, <laughs> it, was a, it, it felt like a podcast that had an inside joke I wasn't in on. Yeah, it, it was just bizarre. But uh, here's hoping Kansas can somehow... I mean, Kansas is Kansas's brand stays true. I have a feeling whoever runs through that place, like they'll just uh, kind of fit the mold for what Kansas is needing from them. Early in the week, the uh, Locked On College Basketball guys were talking about the uh, Big Ten matchups, and they shared just a few thoughts. Each had said that Michigan State and Purdue are for sure the two teams that you do not want to play twice. Minnesota being the one team you definitely want to play twice, and everyone else seems to be somewhere in the middle. That sounds like pretty much the story for, I mean, the Big Ten that everyone expects expected to see next season. Here's hoping we can get some guys to shake up that uh, the dynamics there. But uh, at this point in time, that's pretty much where we stand. And they, uh, it is crazy how... Uh, how these Big Ten uh, regular season schedules work out because there are five teams that get to play Penn State and Minnesota twice. Now, Penn State is reloading more than I had expected them to, but uh, Penn State and Minnesota twice, five teams, and Indiana is one of those teams. Iowa, Michigan State, Northwestern, Ohio State, and us all get to play uh, Minnesota and Penn State twice. Now, last year, I, th- I believe the Hoosiers had a fairly difficult schedule. I believe that Purdue had one of the easier schedules. And uh, it looks like this may be a little different for Purdue this season. Of all the Big Ten teams, these guys believed that Nebraska had won the Big Ten schedule reveal, and rightfully so. They get to play Minnesota twice, Purdue and Michigan State both once, and both at home. That is a very nice draw. <laughs> and in, I mean, in a world of perfect parity, I guess these uh, these lopsided draws wouldn't matter, but I, I I don't know I don't know what the solution is because you can't give we need the non conference schedule <clears throat> we need to go out and play people that are not the Big Ten we need it to build a resume we need it to get in front of recruits we need it to exp- expand the brand we need it to uh, just keep moving this program in the right direction and uh, 
I don't think big, more Big Ten regular season games would be the route to take. I mean, just if the league as a whole is looking to uh, make a bigger, <clears throat> make some more noise in March. Lastly, a little Big Ten news uh, regarding Jordan Geronimo. Jordan Geronimo was on the Glenn Clark radio show. Uh, thanks to Mike Schumann at the Daily Hoosier for posting his story about it. Uh, Jordan had said, as a player at Indiana, I always wondered what it was like to be a player on the other side of Assembly Hall. He's certainly going to find out. Um, he went on to say, I've got all love for Hoosier Nation. They were good to me. I'm going to, I'm going to a different program, but it's going to be fun going back to Assembly Hall. I think he's trying to do some Jedi mind tricks on us, you guys. I don't I'm recently hurt by him, but, uh, it's going to be fun going back into Assembly Hall. I don't imagine it's going to be very fun for him. It isn't fun for anyone. It, it isn't fun for any, I'm not, I'm not saying it isn't going to be fun for him because the Hoosiers are going to single him out. We're going to come down on him like blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> I'm saying it isn't fun for the 13th man on Minnesota to walk into Assembly Hall. So I can't imagine it's going to be fun for Jordan Geronimo. On that show, Geronimo referred to Maryland's proximity to New Jersey as a large factor in wanting to uh, head there. He said, I just want a clean slate, really. A place where I can have a new identity. If there's something I have to prove, I have to prove it to myself which is played to the level that I can play to. There's no kind of I'm on a revenge tour or whatever. I'm just looking for a new spot where I can grow, develop, and be the kind of player I know I can be. Upon a week removed from the initial news, Jordan Geronimo will be treated in my household, as in me screaming at the TV, like any other Big Ten player. He deserves a clean slate. In conference is arguable to many, a little part of me included, but he deserves a clean slate. If he wants to choose to play close to home, and this opportunity was great for him, and by all means, I mean, it looks great for him, um, he should take it. The jeering put upon him will be on par for the rest of the Big Ten. Again, I can't imagine it's going to be fun going back into Assembly Hall because it isn't fun for, I mean, I don't know if it was fun for Mark Titus, and he was Club Trill. <laughs> he was a Hoosier fan. Eh, it might have been fun for him. I, I that just I appreciate the love, Jordan. Thanks for the shout out to Hoosier Nation. Now, you are still the villain. Good day. With that, on to some Indiana news for you. First up in Indiana news, we got another Hoosier. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I'm looking for any reason. Let's play it. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Come on down. New pals Ian Stevens will be joining the cause as a preferred walk-on for the Indiana Hoosiers. Welcome to the team. Could play elsewhere. Glad to see someone recognize the gravitas of playing ball here and risk little to no playing time whatsoever in order to play in Assembly Hall. Love it and welcome to the cause, my guy. Uh, little Hoosiers in the NBA news, as Cody Zeller was the centerpiece in a little Knicks Heat postseason scuffle. Our boy just uh, gave the business to Julius Randle in the paint, and uh, I imagine the Kentucky program he represents as well. Um, as the Knicks looked to play the tough guy while they were down 70-87 uh, in the third quarter. Miami, up 2-1 after that. Cody Zeller just continues to carry the Hoosier banner, um, even though Oladipo went down. Uh, the Heat are my postseason team. Go Hoosiers. Yeah, I know the Pacer, like those Pacer Heat game created a lot of animosity for that franchise, but uh, 
Nah. You sign on Hoosiers. Hey. Hoosiers in the NBA. All day. Mackenzie Mbako visited this last weekend. Prior to his visit in Bloomington, he had visited St. John's in Kansas. The decision is expected this month and relatively soon as he would be wanting to get in and uh, ball with his squad during the summer. But while he did come in, he has continued on his way and will be visiting Louisville to hear them out and uh, to mull over all of his options. A lot of Kansas fans seem to think he's all but signed to them. And, I mean, why shouldn't they? They seem to be able to pick whoever they want. They seem to be able to get everyone they want. Uh, I would have a lot of confidence in our ability to get transfers as well. While their program has owned ours as of late, and it has, there is far more opportunity here for Mackenzie Mbako. And I hope that the young man is uh, mature enough to recognize that and uh, see everything that Indiana can offer for him. While Kansas has the program success, Indiana has the opportunity. While he's on his way to Louisville, the Hoosiers are now in a very familiar feeling position of let's wait and see. It's unfortunate. Um, you, I just really wanted them to just give him everything, give him the keys. Here's hoping that the recent addition of Hunter Dickinson has uh, taken up a large portion of the projected production of the Kansas squad to where Mbako doesn't want to play there as much. Hopefully Louisville's just still enough of a nightmare that uh, that persists and uh, drives him into our arms. And uh, here's hoping he'd rather play for Mike Woodson than Rick Patino. That dude, yeah, come on. Rick will get, yeah, Rick gets dudes to the NBA. Rick, Rick gets dudes there. But dang, wouldn't you rather get there with Mike? This kid took plenty of photos in the candy stripes. We saw them all. And damn, did he look good. He looked good. And just here's hoping we uh, get some good news here shortly and he can hit the floor with the Hoosiers. Mike Schumann, superstar for a lot of the news I get. Uh, tweeted on Wednesday that IU men's basketball earned a perfect NCAA academic progress rate for this last academic year, and uh, good on the boys. Uh, hashtag IUBB on that one. The APR provides a real-time look at a team's academic success each semester by tracking the academic progress of each student-athlete on scholarship. The APR accounts for eligibility, retention, and graduation, and provides a measure of each team's academic performance during a four-year evaluation period. So... Good on Mike, good on the institution, good on everybody for uh, hitting the books. One recruiting uh, name out there, Jonathan Powell, a four-star shooting guard out of the class of 2024, has narrowed down his list of schools to six, those being Clemson, Indiana, Michigan State, Ohio State, Virginia Tech, and Xavier. He had said, I'll be looking for a school that can develop me and get me ready for the next level when I'm there. I'll be looking at the school that is showing me and my family the most love. I want to walk away from the school thinking it's my home away from home. On threes, Jamie Shaw on three. Take that with a grain of salt because a lot of their transfer crystal balls have meant squat. Jamie Shaw said, Jonathan Powell is a lengthy and rangy off guard. He, is a nat he, ha uh, he has a natural ability to score from each level. He has a good handle in the half court where he gets to his spots. The jump shot has a good balance and a consistent release. He needs to work on shot prep off the ball and tighten his ankles and footwork. There is positional size, confidence, and nice athleticism. His father was a double-digit scorer at Eastern Michigan. I just wanted to uh, highlight this kid because he is uh, 
It's interesting because he is teammates with Gabe Cups at uh, Centerville, Ohio. While Ohio State is in the race, I am glad that the Hoosiers could potentially have Gabe in his ear. Last bit on the Hoosiers, uh, just related to the Hoosiers. Actually, no, related to the Big Ten as a whole. Alex Bozich at Inside the Hall cleaned up the uh, 24-7 Sports Top 150 by highlighting the ones I care about, honestly, and that is whoever is in the Big Ten. Uh, of course, he mentioned that Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups ended in the 119th spot and 123rd spot, respectively, and that these were both eight spots um, lower. Is that It's a higher number, but it's lower. Lower than the previous 24-7 rankings. Just, I mean, going over the list, just a few takeaways from it. I mean, you see that Michigan State boasts the best collection with five players within that 125, three of those being in the top 50. Ohio State is probably next with the 31, 46, and 54 recruits. I mean, Michigan State really has a haul coming in, highlighted by Xavier Booker. Being Cathedral's top player still kills me to see that he'll be with Tom Izzo. The 6'10 stud stands to be an immediate issue in the Big Ten, and it is heartbreaking to see Indiana guys not playing ball in Indiana, even at Purdue. I respect that. Xavier's bringing a lot to East Lansing, and uh, not for nothing, just a little side. NBADraftRoom.com has Booker going one spot higher than a renewed Khalil Khalil Ware in next year's draft, side for what it's worth. Following Xavier Booker on the list in the Big Ten is uh, Deshaun Harris-Smith. Yeah, I wanted to point out a few names that I had my eye on uh, just in that Big Ten list. I mean, of course, there was Xavier Booker I mentioned before. There's Deshaun Harris-Smith, Maryland, number 25 on the uh, list. The scoring wing, he'll he'll be able to put up numbers in his first year. 6'5", small forward, has a lot to bring. <clears throat> he still has a lot to bring to his offensive game, but his motor and strength um, just have propelled him up this ranking and should propel him just ever forward. He's got the build to immediately just start throwing down with the Big Ten and uh, should have an impact on Maryland right away. At number 30, Michigan State has uh, Jeremy Fears. The six-foot point guard from Joliet West is a true point guard in every sense of the word. He has to fill out, of course, um, but he has the ability to contribute for Izzo right away. The uh, top prospect in Illinois is another win for Izzo over the Big Ten competition. I mean, he went out, he got Indiana's top prospect, he went out and he got Illinois' top prospect. Just owning us. Based on uh, just what I read about his game, uh, seems like most of his decision-making errors stem from selling out for big defensive plays, to, um, like breakaway steals, all that. But that seems like something that can easily be coached out by Tom Izzo. He's just an expert. I imagine that shouldn't be a problem, and I imagine that Jeremy Fears will be another prospect in a banner year for Tom Izzo. Not literally a banner year. I mean, like, the set. Yeah, you know what I mean. Then, just uh, running down the list a little further, we see uh, Miles Colvin at number 57. The number two recruit in Indiana will be playing his ball at Purdue. We all know this. The small forwarder, uh, the small forward from Heritage Christian will be looking to play boiler ball, and credit to Matt Painter for locking him down. This guy will bring a lot to Purdue, and possibly being able to bring an athletic presence that they've lacked altogether since the departure of Jaden Ivey. He's a confident shooter um, who can go cold at times, but his ability to get to the rim should translate if he can get acclimated to the Big Ten game efficiently. He he has a lot of offense still to develop, uh, but who doesn't out of all these rec- these guys coming in? 
it's it's a credit to Painter and his staff for getting this kid. Um, just a guy to keep an eye out for, a name on this list that I'm very interested in. Lastly, uh, on this list, just going down a little farther, we have the number 67 recruit in the nation, and that would be Price Sanford, who will be playing his ball for Iowa this year. And I just thought it was interesting. I, I don't know anything. I don't need to look up anything about this guy's game. I just, uh, it's interesting to me because if Peyton is any semblance of a role model to this guy, and based on this commitment, I'd say that it's a safe bet that he probably is, um, then I have to imagine that I'll probably hate this guy. <laughs> Two Sanfords in Iowa. Iowa is now a must win on top of the already must win that it was. Yeah, we have to beat Iowa. <laughs> Focus, yeah, just a must win. But we'll get our shot at home. We'll get our shot at home. It's the only shot we have. We have one shot this year. Let's, uh, gosh, let's get it. Just looking at this list, thinking about this list, pondering this list. If the Hoosiers can land Mackenzie Mbako, he would be the number 10 recruit and the highest recruit entering the season on this list. Man, what a way to enter. <laughs> I mean, just announce your entrance into a conference. Hey, guys, I'm, I'm actually deciding to come here, and I'm the best one coming here. God, please, Mackenzie, come here. Please come here. I'm not begging. You're begging. I'm not begging. I am begging. Mackenzie, please come here. Now, that's it for the uh, Indiana Hoosier Talk, Indiana discussion. Uh, now, I'm going to be building Mike Woodson's monster and uh, giving you that Hoosier history hit right after this small word from our sponsor. The Often Daunted podcast is brought to you by Canva. Are, are, are you anticipating the need for uh, high-quality production on a video? Maybe announcing a huge event in your life, a huge event uh, to a fan base, to a national uh, portal, if you will. Um, there is some premium video editing options on the uh, new Canva software, so uh, go check it out. Uh, that is if the company the media company that supports you um doesn't have producers on hand to take care of that stuff for you go do it yourself canva.com canva.com isn't a sponsor of this show <laughs> not at all not at all if, if they would like me not to mention them they could also pay me to do that so thank you for this episode i just wanted to uh have a little fun there is nothing to do here in the off season regarding basketball so i'm gonna just make something out of nothing uh, I was just thinking about how can I appreciate uh, the current uh, tributes that our team has, the uh, abilities that each of these guys possess, and uh, I figured I'd build the dream player out of our current squads, um, abilities, attributes, uh, factors. Yeah, yeah, guys, I'm creating something out of nothing here. It's an idle, idle week in college basketball. But uh, I say any Hoosier content to consume is better than no Hoosier content at all. So... Uh, Let's discuss my ideal Frankenstein's monster of a Hoosier player out of this team squad. Now, if we're talking uh, height of this monster, this absolute beast of a specimen, of course we're going with Khalil Ware. Duh. Next one. Build. Let's talk about the build. How, 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 how buff is this dude going to be? Is he going to be big? Is he going to be ready to bruise? Out of all of our roster spots for next year, all the guys on the squad so far, honest to God, I think I'm taking Ja'Kai Newton's build. We've got plenty of dudes on this team that we all expect can take an offseason and make the gains necessary to bruise with the worst of them. But Ja'Kai's already built like an NBA. I mean, he, he's built for He's already built for this league. He has tons in his game to develop and fine-tune, but his size is a natural gift from God, 
that I can imagine he's being he's been forging over time, and I only dis- and I only stand to imagine he'll make even better. Um, yeah, I, as excited as everyone is for Gabe Cups and everything he brings in, and he brings a lot. I'm I'm ready for this kid. I'm very excited. I don't want anyone to sleep on Jakai Newton because he he can do some things for us. I really think he could, like sooner than I think a lot of people do. Now, if we're talking athleticism, I'm gonna go Caleb Banks. Of course, Khalil Ware's athleticism for his size is is makes him a unicorn. But if we are talking sheer, all out, no stop athlete, I gotta go with Caleb Banks. Caleb Banks checks all the athletic boxes. I mean, it's his sheer athleticism that aided in him being able to step up defensively over the course of the season and contribute and provide meaningful minutes as this Hoosier squad made it down the line. Because say what you will about athleticism. Athleticism athleticism may not be able to shoot. Athleticism, athleticism may not be able to pass. But athleticism can definitely play staunch defense. Sure, he has a lot to prove and should get the minutes to do so. But I have confidence in him to uh, take advantage of those minutes. I have confidence in him to develop this offseason, to uh, settle down a bit. You saw him uh, whenever on the offense a lot of times when he put the ball on the ground, uh, played excited. I'm glad he's excited. But uh, if he could just focus that game, utilize the athleticism that I'm putting into this monstrosity. I mean, sky's the limit for the kid. Love that he's on the squad. Appreciate you, Caleb. Now, if we're talking scoring, if we're talking the ability to create your own shot, Honestly, on this squad, I'm taking C.J. Gunn. I love his ability to get it up. He can get it up from various angles. He can get it up uh, falling away. He got to Indiana because he's a shooter, and he converted at a high clip. I expect our guy can make a jump in the conversion because a lot can happen for this guy in an offseason. I'm excited by the potential of C.J. Gunn, and I think his ability to get his own shot, he create distance in a shot, is quite something. And uh, I'm going to take that talent, that skill, and put it into my Frankenstein's monster. I'm going to call this Woodson's monster. And Woodson's monster. Now, notice how I said ability to create his own shots. I'm not I, I'm not saying the, uh, the rate at which those shots go in. While I expect that CJ Gunn can take a step up and uh, his conversion can take a step up. Hopefully a leap forward. I have full faith in the kid. If we're talking rate at which those shots fall, it's Trey Galloway. I bring it up almost every other episode. After shooting 21% from three-point range, Trey became the Hoosiers' best converter at 46.2. We all know Gabe's Cups is coming next season, and with him, some highly regarded shooting. But Trey has proven it now, over the course of an entire season at this level. Whatever he did in that last offseason, whatever spirit vision quest he went on, it worked. He was able to convert. Here's hoping he's able to create a little more space in his shooting, be able, uh, able to get open a little more to take advantage of that high conversion rate. Uh, but as far as his asset in, uh, or his, uh, just the rate at which he converts, we're taking that and we're putting it right here into Woodson's monster. You guys, if this is dumb, I'm sorry. I'm just making it because you know what? I would want to listen to some Hoosier content. And if nobody, yeah, I'll, I'll make it. Here you go. It's a long off season. Stick with me, guys. I promise you. It'll get better. We'll get closer. Here's hoping I have some Mbaco, some good Mbako news coming my way to freak out about for like three episodes but onto the post game of our woodson's monster it's malik renew the kid's footwork in the paint is unteachable it's a gift from the basketball gods and uh he, he's a dancer he's a dancer down low and i love it i love it i, I whatever he's going to do this offseason to bulk up to be ready for the big 10 
it's going to pay off, and uh, he's going to be able to finally fully exploit that God-given talent of his. He had the footwork. Now he's he's going to have the body to let those feet work. Now, our monster's got to pass the ball sometimes. And for passing, I'm going to go Xavier Johnson. And admittedly, because it's a stat that no Hoosier has particularly shined in recently. Sure, Jalen got his uh, got his numbers up at a few different points in this season, but there's we, we haven't had a true distributor in a while. I mean, two seasons ago, we had Xavier, I think, at like 5.7 a game. So, I mean, that is kind of the only barometer I have to go on for this. So, right now, passing Xavier Johnson. I mean, Xavier's the most experienced guy on any floor that he's going to be on this season. Here's hoping that uh, all that vision pays off, all the, all, the, all the reps pay off, and he's able to see the floor, distribute, and have our offense humming. Now, on to the defensive side of the ball for this uh, monster we're putting together. For uh, defensive pressure, I want Xavier Johnson's ability uh, here to just reign supreme. Before going down, Xavier was showing off an improved defensive pressure that was uh, already built upon a staunch defensive pressure. This season, much in the, step, much in the way that... Uh, Trace had shown consistently over the course of the whole season that he took a step in his progression. Xavier Johnson really looked to take a step in the defensive progression. He uh, was he was relentless on that side of the ball, smothered those guys. And when he went down, it showed in Indiana's defense overall. So our monster's going to have the defensive pressure of Xavier Johnson. Now down low, blocking. We're going to want our monster to have the blocking skills of Kalel Ware. Kalel Ware had 1.3 blocks per game. In 15.8 minutes per game. That's impressive. That is very impressive. Trace had 2.9 uh, blocks per game in 34.6 minutes per game. If you do the fractional math, uh, I'm not going to do it for you, but I imagine that they're pretty damn close. Uh, if you don't take into account the fatigue that sets in with 34.6 minutes played per game, they are pretty damn identical. <laughs> All this to say, where's blocking numbers? are comparable in a way to TJD's in, in the slightest way, but uh, comparable to the Hoosiers' all-time leading blocker, uh, I'll take that on any level. Comparable on any, I'll take him. Now, <clears throat> we had Xavier Johnson's defensive pressure, but if we're talking defensive instinct, I want Trey and Khalil. I want a, mon- I want a hybrid monster of both. I want Trey's ability to uh, oftentimes find himself poking the ball out for a breakaway. And, uh, and, and while he did sell out for that oftentimes, over the course of the season, we saw Trey's defense step up. I mean, leaps and bounds, we did. He uh, greatly took strides in uh, looking to alleviate the loss in pressure by Xavier Johnson's injury. And uh, I think I think he's gotten some serious gains on that end from the minutes he was forced to take on. Khalil, I mean, defensive instinct, 1.3 blocks per game in 15.8 minutes per game. That That is defensive instinct. You don't get numbies like that, like by fluke. That is instinct. In in the little time that Oregon uh, put him on the floor to display it, he he did just that on the defensive end. And lastly, for this entirely stupid segment, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> the last piece of this monster, I'm gonna have it be the X factor of this monster. For my X factor, I'm literally taking X, and and X's ability to show up in Guy Fieri mode. On any given night, he shows up in Guy Fieri mode, fully prepared to cook. Extra donkey sauce on the side. Do you guys remember those games of two <laughs> two seasons ago where X would have to absolutely Thanos it up and do it himself? He can still do that. Only here's hoping that the added experience has come with an ability to fine-tune it 
and make it its most deadly on a slower week. I just thought this would be a fun exercise. Just uh, kind of talk about these guys in a different way. Highlight uh, some of the best on our squad. What each of these guys is bringing to the team and uh, what, what uh, we already got on this roster. There's much to be appreciated. Uh, we, do ha- we do still have work to do, but I like the guys we got. And I figured that building Woodson's monster was an all right way of showing it. So, final review of that monster. We have Kalel Wears, height, duh. Build, Chikai Newton. Athleticism, Caleb Banks. Ability to create their own shot, CJ Gunn. Rate at which those shots fall, Trey. Postgame, Malik. Passing, Xavier. Defensive pressure, Xavier Johnson. Blocking, Kalel Ware. Defensive instinct, Trey and Khalil. Khalil, I, I will say it different every time, and I cannot apologize enough to the young man. And the X Factor. X and his ability to cook. Thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for uh entertaining me by uh just listening to me kinda vent and uh almost self appreciate what I I mean talk myself through what I what I got to appreciate with this squad. We'll get you on out of here right after your Hoosier history hit. This is your Hoosier history hit. For your Hoosier history hit, I am talking Empire Quarry. Bedford Limestone, or Indiana Limestone, makes our campus one of the single most beautiful in the nation, if you ask me. Some of the world's finest limestone can be found in the hills surrounding the Bloomington-Bedford area. The first quarry opened in the area in 1827. You see, American architecture... Um, at this time, included a lot of limestone. Uh, and when I say, uh, n- not so much in the buildings, but in the detail work. It was uh, a lot of door frames in limestone, a lot of like, uh, yeah, yeah. It was just pretty. I mean, of course it is. Look at our campus. The stone made for some of the world's finest and most in-demand building materials until sh- the shift towards steel and glass skyscrapers in the middle of the 20th century. You see, limestone was expensive and harder to maintain, and uh, this shift did lead to some communities falling onto harder times in the area. Think uh, Breaking Away and that romantic stonecutter father. The Empire Quarry, or the Rooftops, or Sanders Quarry, whatever you may call it, is where the stone was cut for the Empire State Building back in 1930, and it, it was a truly awesome place to visit. You can see it on Breaking Away. Um, Mark Casey on Atlas Obscura described the Empire Quarry as the imagery of most Indiana limestone quarries, and Empire Quarry in particular, is striking. The sheer walls and straight drop-offs of the precisely removed stone create unnaturally deep pools of water as rain and groundwater collects in the artificial basin. The deepness of these pools and minerals from the limestone foundation give the water a stunning aquamarine hue, attracting visitors and enticing swimmers and cliff divers to bathe in the sometimes unsafe waters. While it has always been a sight for students to see back in the day, it appears the threats to trespass the threats to trespassers have become more apparent, and uh, I don't think it's cool to be visiting there anymore. Uh, with the rate that people seem to sue each other these days, uh, it also appears to have been partially filled in 2018. As I continue to realize day after day, I am getting older. Um, I can say the. Statute of limitations on trespassing in Indiana is two years, so I can just say I have a lot of fond memories of these place of this place between the years of uh, 2011 and 
I think I went there last in 2013. Good memories of the place. You got to do the jump. Well, you had to back then. <laughs> now don't. Don't. It's a dangerous world we live in where people are always out to get you. But it was awesome. Yeah, not a lot. Just a little little bit on Empire Quarry. Your Hoosier History Hit of the Week. Thank you for so... <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Often Daunted Podcast with me, Burke White. Uh, sorry for a, I don't know, a little different episode. What am I doing apologizing? No, it's Indiana content. It's better than nothing, right? Here you go. Enjoy. Thank you so much for listening, Hoosier fans. If you do like the show, uh, please feel free to hit me with a subscribe. If you want to engage with the show, feel free to follow me on Twitter at uh, Often Daunted. At Often Daunted, not at uh, Often Daunted. But uh, if you feel like you have anything to contribute to the show whatsoever, feel free to reach out to me at oftendaunted at gmail.com. Um, <clears throat> this continues to just, I mean, it, it blows me away how it, it, there just seems to be more and more support each episode, even though it's off season. Uh, I do appreciate it. And uh, thanks so much. No money yet. Still working. My, still working every damn day. <laughs> But I appreciate the listens, guys. You Hoosier fans, have yourself a great week. Hopefully, I get her just rants about Mbako because he just says the Hoosiers are just the greatest fan base. And, I mean, who wouldn't want to play for in that hollowed hall? And just hopefully we get him, guys. But don't hold your breath. This could be a while. Couldn't be. It could be tomorrow. Who knows? Nobody knows anything. It's the Wow Wow West. So, uh... God bless and take it easy. Lux at Veritas. Bye.